0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Hi, I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Welcome to This Is Working. We've been doing This Is Working in its new format, which means going live, for over a month now. Each week, we talk to business leaders like Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, Ray Dalio, leaders who have a sense of how to get through the pandemic, leaders who have a sense of what might come next. And nobody, not one of them, has driven the kind of interest that my guest today generated. This week, we talked to Sarah Blakely, the founder and CEO of Spanx. Her origin story is as famous in the business world as her products are beloved around the world. Sarah saved up $5,000 by selling fax machines door to door. She took that money and she invested in herself, in her brainchild, shapewear that works. She built it the way she wants, not the way she was told she had to. She lives her stories out loud, which you can see if you follow her on LinkedIn. And now, in the midst of this pandemic, Sarah is helping entrepreneurs find their strength, both through her voice and her cash. She started a $5 million fund called the Red Backpack Fund to help women save their small businesses. Right now, Sarah and her family are driving around in an RV They pulled over, quote, somewhere in Florida, so that Sarah could talk with us about growing a small business, about showing up, and about giving back. Here's my conversation with Sarah. You're calling in from an RV. Where are you right now?
1: Yes, so we are somewhere in Florida, and we uh, decided that quarantining with four children under the age of 10 in a home just wasn't enough. We had to take it up a notch. We were debating on if we were going to rent an RV or go ahead and splurge and buy one, and we bought it. And um, we are quarantining now in an RV, driving around. We don't even have super set plans. We kind of just got in it and decided we really needed a change of scenery for a little bit.
0: That's amazing. Now are you driving?
1: (laughs) Um, I have not driven yet, but we did this out West last summer and I did drive half the time then. And I have to say my husband is very cautious. I feel very safe with him, but he drives significantly below the speed limit. So takes us much longer to get, you know, say from Georgia to Florida than maybe the average person.
0: Sure. And I'm sure everyone on the road loves sitting behind you slowly <laughs> cruise down the, the the interstate. What we're going through now is something that no one in business in our generation has experienced before. Would you just talk a little bit about how the pandemic has hit you and Spanx and how you thought about how the company makes it through this? What kind of changes you've had to make or just what it's been like in this period?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, Spanx is deeply affected like so many other businesses. We are in the retail space, which obviously has had an enormous uh, impact during this time. So um, our sales are significantly down. We've had to buckle down. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll share with you kind of how my brain started thinking about it as soon as this pandemic happened. I kind of went in this order. I kind of went people. Okay, what do I need to do to keep my people safe How do I communicate with them? And how do I communicate not only with the people on our team, but our partners and our vendors? So the manufacturers that we've been partners with for a long time and our vendors and people who sell Spanx like Nordstrom and, you know, all of the retail stores. So that was number one. Then number two, I immediately went to cut costs. Like, how do I, where can we save right now? And something that Spanx has been doing for a long time is a zero based budget. And I cannot emphasize enough how much I believe that's helped us through the years. So instead of just people submitting a rolling budget every year, every year the budget starts at zero and each leader in the organization has to make a case for the money being spent. And when this happened, we regrouped as a leadership team and each leader redid the budget with the new normal, uh, the zero-based budget for this time. So we cut costs where we could right now, and then my brain went to inventory, Spanx is inventory heavy. So we started having conversations immediately with our manufacturing partners on where we could scale back inventory that was on order, trying to gauge what's the right amount of inventory to have for fall and beyond, because this is a moving target. And then obviously we went to where can we make money now? Where, where's the opportunity? And for us, that's been mostly online. I think most of all of our customers are online and on social media right now. And then three month to three week plan, like short plans, like how are we going to maximize sales in this short period of time to get us through the first part of this crisis? And, um, and then, you know, hidden opportunities, like where's the blessing. I'm a big believer entrepreneurs in general are people, the ones who make it are the people who take obstacles and turn them into opportunities. So once we kind of, you know, handled the really extreme stuff that was happening to the business overnight, uh, then we kind of have gotten together and said, where are our opportunities? And where do we want to go from here? And do we want to change things in our assortment? And, you know, how do we want to invent uh, with this new normal for our customers? Yeah,
0: there are there things that you can talk about where you're saying, this is the world is definitely heading in this direction, we are going to meet our customers there?
1: Well, one thing I can say about Spanx is a big portion of what we make is like comfort wear, you know, as we know the woman's body so well, we've been, you know, making undergarments for her for almost 20 years. And so we obsess fit and comfortable waistbands and things, you know, being really, really soft and comfortable. So that one thing I will say is, you know, the narrative for all of your customers has changed. So your narrative needs to change. Hmm. Leading with a comfort story makes a lot of sense for us right now. And really, you know, promoting or talking about the products, especially in our assortment that do that. You know, we're obviously talking about masks. So that's been a big conversation. And then we've had some other um, sort of, you know, specific product ideas that I don't wanna share now, but, um, but that w- you could expect to be
0: coming soon. When you talked about this, making these kind of three week um, assessments of where the company's going and ha- and how to move forward, What kind of questions were you asking of your leadership? How did you talk to your senior leaders about, besides just the zero-based budgeting and coming up with the numbers, how did you think about what kind of leadership you wanted out of them?
1: Well, we're all, communication is key. So really asking everyone to check in with their teams. We're doing a virtual all-company meeting every week. We're having virtual happy hours. We're having virtual, so we're having fun virtually and connecting because emotional well-being is a really important thing right now for everyone. And believe it or not, in a crisis and in a time like this, this is a fantastic time to build culture and to show your people that you care. And people are going to remember in times like this, Who who showed up? Who did something for them? And so um, I've been communicating with the leaders. They're all communicating with their teams on that. And, you know, putting our heads together and brainstorming on where are the opportunities collectively. And that's inspiring. Uh, On the last week's all company call, I asked everyone in the company to come up with a product idea. I said, I don't care if you're the receptionist, I don't care if you're in logistics or finance, I want a product submission from everybody because. I do believe that in times like this, this is where innovation really, it's like it fosters innovation. There's a lot yeah. of great inventions and improvements to process. You know, that's another thing I've been talking to the leadership team about and my president is, you know, where can we affect process? Spanx has been growing, you know, pretty rapidly over the last, you know, several years. And it's harder to, to stop and go, there's a more efficient way to do this. And this Time. This sort of timeout has given us an opportunity to focus on process.
0: You talked about your focus on people—people people inside your company, but also people outside your company. You started the Red Backpack Fund to uh, give grants—to $5,000 grants to female entrepreneurs who are being hurt by the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Would you walk through what that, how you came up with that idea, what inspired you to do something like that, and also what you're hearing from these entrepreneurs?
1: We can all help during this time in big and small ways. And I kind of bucketed my thinking into locally and nationally. And then I got out a piece of paper and I started writing where I felt uh, the needs were the greatest. And um, the first one, not in any order, but the first one was the people trying to come up with the, the therapeutics and the vaccines. The second was um, the frontline workers. How can we support them? and then it was the food insecure, and then, of course, small businesses. Spanx and I have taken action in all of those buckets, except for vaccines. We did research there, and we ended up putting our resources in the other three um, buckets. But um, I, we decided, I, I donated $5 million to help female entrepreneurs at this time. And That was a decision because I am a business owner. I've been a small business owner. And even though Spanx, the brand, grew and is global now, I still operate like a small business owner. And um, I just care deeply about entrepreneurs. They're the backbone of our community. And so my hope is that by giving $5 million, I'm going to be giving a 1,000 different women $5,000 each. To help them during this time and I started Spanx with $5,000 20 years ago it was my savings from selling fax machines door to door and it's just you know it was it was a symbolic number for many reasons and then everybody's going to get a lucky red backpack as well because I started Spanx with my red backpack from college and it hangs framed in a glass box on the Spanx headquarters because it's just a reminder that start small but think big And that everything you really need is right there already on your back. Hmm. And so it's called the Red Backpack Fund for that reason. And I partnered with Global Giving to do the vetting and the selection of the recipients. So they will be doing all of the screening and the selection. And they will choose 1,000 women. And um, they'll each receive $5,000. And if you're interested in applying, you can apply at globalgiving.org forward slash red backpack fund. And the applications are open again this week. They open for the first week of every month for the next five months.
0: That's great. Uh, so I hope a lot of people who are watching this right now will apply and I've seen some videos already coming in for people who have posted just talking about what kind of an impact $5,000 will have on them, the ability to hire back maybe one person in their company to get started or to make the transition to virtual.
1: I'm Jesse Hempel, host of Hello Monday. In my 20s, I knew what I wanted for my career. But from where I am now, in the middle of my life, nothing feels as certain. Work's changing, we're changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of any of it. So every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. We talk about making career pivots, about purpose and how to discern it. About where happiness fits into the mix and how to ask for more money. Come join us in the Hello Monday community. Let's figure out the future together. Listen to Hello Monday with Jesse Hempel wherever you get your podcasts. The LinkedIn
0: Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Um, And I just wanted to ask you that question about the idea of starting a company right now. When you launched Spanx, it was 98, the economy was humming, you had a job, you were able to put that into, to, to be able to fund Spanx. For people who right now have maybe just lost their jobs or are fearful that they are about to lose their jobs. Is this the right time to start a company, or is this time to go find a job, any job? How do you think about that?
1: I started working on my product in 98. So I worked on it at night and on the weekends while I kept my day job for those two years. So I started Spanx in the year 2000, and... Not long after I started it, 9-11 happened. Right. So 9-11 happened within me being almost a year old or just over a year old. I just moved forward. I moved forward with everything that I could and I just didn't let the, the macro environment overwhelm me. And I will say this, if you have a good product, if you're solving a problem, if you are um, making a product or a service better than anything else out there, it is always the good time to start a business Hmm. and there's a lot of benefits to starting a business right now and, and staying true to your purpose because you know, a lot, this is a time where a lot of businesses are going to retract or, you know, maybe you'll have less competition. Maybe, uh, people will be more willing to invest in you because, you know, of what you're offering. And if you're staying true to your purpose. So, I, you know, in 9-11, I'll just tell you briefly, this is just something that seemed crazy at the time. And maybe it was, but when I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? It worked. No one was in the stores and I had no money to advertise. And I was going uh, from every like Neiman Sachs, Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's that I had landed those accounts in Dillard's. I was standing in the store from 830 until seven at night every day selling my product for them because I was 100% sure that if I left it up to the sales associates in the hosiery corner of those stores, that they would ship my product back to me about six months later, and my story would have been over. And everyone's like, Sarah, why are you going to the stores? There's no one in them right now. Like to go do a Spanx day and try to stand there and sell all day long to customers makes no sense. And I was using what little income I had then. I was jumping on a plane and renting cars and staying in really sketchy motels along highways. But, um, but what ended up happening, I stayed the course, I kept doing it. And because there was very few people in the stores, I made such deep connections with all the sales associates that were standing in those stores that didn't have as much to do, and won all of them over. And I ended up creating a sales force that wasn't on my payroll. Because I was able to educate them on what Spanx was, what it could do for you. I gave them some free product. And so I look back on that and I'm like, you know, I just kept going. I kept saying, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing what, what I've been doing and I'm not going to like freeze or I think it's easy in a crisis like this to become immobilized. And so I just wanted to share that because I didn't know it at the time, but it ended up being hugely beneficial for me to still be selling in an empty store <laughs> with no one in it. Yep.
0: We have Brian Chesky on from Airbnb last week, and he said something similar, which is you just got to keep moving forward. When you're in hell, you keep moving forward. And uh, we have a lot of comments coming in. Uh, Rick says, now is the time to build culture. That's brilliant. Denise said, so proud to be in this company. Sarah is the real deal and shows in the company culture. Michelle says, thank you for supporting women entrepreneurs. And we got a question from Karen Bailey, who's clearly a big fan, she knows your story well. Um, she talked about when you first started selling and you got a, a opportunity to uh, present Spanx to Neiman Marcus, you flew to Dallas, you presented it in person. A big part of the story is you being there in person, and you just talked about this, being there in person with people and making that connection. In a world where we can't make those connections right now, where you are on video conferences and Zoom, is it still possible to present new products, to reach out to people? How did you connect in an era where connecting is dangerous?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you something my husband did, which I think is really cool. My husband's an entrepreneur. His name's Jesse Itzler, and he started Marquee Jet. and was in the bottom ground level of Zico before they sold Zico coconut water to Coke. And anyway, he's kind of a serial entrepreneur in many different categories. I've stayed in one lane, and he's been in many. But he uh, he's been sending a box with a plate and a fork and a knife in it to people that he wants to connect with. And with a note that said, Do you want to have a virtual lunch with me? That's brilliant. So so I think there's so many creative ways right now to still be reaching out with people to be virtually meeting with them. Um, You know, I'm virtually meeting with you right now, and you know, we're conducting this interview. So I wouldn't let the fact that you can't be in person with people right now stop you from your connections and your meetings.
0: That's great. A question coming from Paulette: uh, Any advice for women who have a business idea but who are reluctant or not sure how to develop a business plan?
1: So Paulette, I never had a business plan. And um, I I like to say this a lot, but if you keep waiting until you feel like it's the right time and you're exactly ready, you're going to keep waiting. So you got to jump in with two feet. And what I would tell you that I focused on in the beginning, first of all, I focused on the idea. It was like, what is the idea? And is it is it amazing? Is it something you would want to buy? Is it something you would improve your life? That's the first litmus test. And if you have that, then for me, I just focused on make it, sell it, make it, sell it. I did not focus on anything else. I did not have a marketing plan. I did not have an org chart plan. I literally was like, I came up with a good idea. I have figured out how to get this made, which is a big part of the equation. And now I'm going to make it, sell it. And I only spent on inventory, what I had from selling the first batch. So another thing I would say is it's okay to start small. I think a lot of businesses get in trouble because they put so much pressure on themselves to scale and to scale fast. And they do that to the detriment of the health of the business. And then a lot of the entrepreneurs end up not owning much of their own dream or their company. So yeah, I would say, don't get too caught up on the business plan Make sure you're really focused on the product. I mean, product is king. If there's anything I have focused on from day one for 20 years, it's the product. And still to this day, I am in the fit room once a week trying on every single product that Spanx sells. And if I don't like it and the team doesn't like it, and it doesn't fit right, we don't sell it. We don't launch it. A lot of times we feel like we don't have enough experience or we're not buttoned up enough or we don't have it all figured out. And I'm saying, just go. And you will figure it out along the way,
0: Sarah. In this, uh, in the current environment we're, we're in, will entrepreneurs? Do you expect to hear more entrepreneurs who are thinking more about this focus on single product or growing slowly or growing in a measured way versus the idea of scaling and going big and getting VC funding and selling part of it, part of your your company? I know you've always been on the opposite side of that. You own one hundred percent of the company. Does the does the environment we are in now change? how entrepreneurs or how people think about launching and owning these companies?
1: I think so. I mean, cash is king right now. And cash is king when you're a startup. And really, really focusing on prudent spending um, is, is I think, going to be a, a, a lot more on people's minds right now and through this and after this. And I think cash for a while is not Going to be as accessible as it has been. And I think for a lot of people, that may end up being a hidden blessing.
0: That's great. Okay, we have a question coming in from Olivia. Just as a reminder to everyone, we are here on This Is Working with Spanx founder, Sarah Blakely. Um, A lot of advice about how to start a company, how to make it through this pandemic. She's calling in from an RV somewhere in Florida. It's unclear where exactly. And uh, this question is coming in from Olivia. (laughs) Um, I just want
1: to say thank you, Dan, to you and everyone who's tuned in because I got a half an hour away from my children. My husband is watching them now. So this is like-
0: You're like, don't end. This should go on forever, yeah.
1: I should tell my husband it's a two-hour interview. (laughs) All
0: right, this question comes in from Olivia. She says, what's the best marketing advice for introducing a new product during the pandemic? How do you get people's attention now when they might not be focused at all on new products, they just are focusing on themselves or how to get time away from their kids?
1: I think the advice is the same whether there's a pandemic or not. And that is what's in it for me, the W I I F M. I've learned that way back in my sales days. And that is, you know, stay very true to what are you offering, what's in it for the customer, and lead with that. Lead with purpose, lead with your story. I have been so deeply connected to wanting to help women. And that has been the ethos of Spanx for 20 years. And I've stayed so connected to that purpose and the consumer feels that purpose. And, you know, you'll feel that purpose and it will make you stand out. You know, obviously it needs to be authentic. And I always say to people, when you're trying to find your purpose or your why, what makes you cry? Like what really pulls at your heartstring and there's your purpose, there's your why. And for me, it's just women not getting the potential that they deserve simply because they're women. You know, I talk about it a lot. My mom and my grandmothers had such limited options and my mom's only 22 years older than me. And so I feel like I just randomly won the lottery. I mean, I was born in the right place at the right time in the right country. And I didn't have anything to do with that. So uh, there's a lot of that that comes through. And I think especially now during a pandemic, when people are hurting and scared, I think, you know, peace of mind and how are you going to help them is a big part of it. You know, people don't want to feel like they're just being sold to they want to feel like you're there for them. That would be something that I would suggest on marketing during the pandemic. And whatever your story is, what is your why? Lead with it. Spanks didn't advertise for 16 years. I spent no money on advertising, basically, for 16 years of this business, and we became a household name.
0: That was Sarah Blakely, the founder and CEO of Spanx. As often happens in live broadcasting, our connection to Sarah cut out a little abruptly. But that didn't stop fans or employees from sticking around and sharing their love in our comments section. We're just getting some such amazing comments coming in about this call. We're gonna see whether we can get Sarah back in on the call in the meantime. Uh, some great comments coming in. Amanda, innovative ideas can come from anyone on the team. Love that. Christina said, I love you, Sarah. Melissa, go knows. Sarah is a uh, Florida State graduate, so showing some school spirit. And uh, Tanya said, great advice. Keep moving forward and create raving fans. Thanks to Sarah for sharing such great advice and thoughts on this current moment. And thanks to everyone who tuned in to LinkedIn live for sharing your comments, questions, and affection for Sarah and Spanx. Sarah chose to give back to other women's small business owners during this time through the red backpack fund. What are other ways you're seeing leaders give back? How are you lending a hand? Please shout it out over on LinkedIn using the hashtag. #ThisIsWorking. There's a post about this episode up on my LinkedIn profile. You can find it by going to lnkd.in slash T-I-W for This Is Working. Please comment there. Let us know what you're seeing and how you're helping. To get more news and insights, you can follow our main LinkedIn page, which you can find by searching for LinkedIn editors. Please take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps new listeners find this show. This Is Working is a production of LinkedIn. The podcast was produced by Sarah Storm and Madison Schaefer with help from Michaela Greer, Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show, Florencia Areando is head of original video and audio, Dave Pond is our technical director, and I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Stay strong, see you next week.